Welcome to Educate Essentials. Educate Essentials is a podcast that provides essential information and tips about education, leadership, topics, all about diverse learners. Diverse learners include students with disabilities under Section 504 and IDEA, response to intervention, and English speakers of other languages. I am your host, Dr. Nakia. Educate Essentials' mission is to bring positive awareness to promote equity and inclusion by sharing information and topics about non-traditional learners. All students matter and they're all gifts. Sometimes it takes a unique approach to unlock or reveal that gift. As a community, we have to reveal and unlock those gifts by acquiring knowledge. Edufaith Essentials goal is to restore faith in education one student at a time by empowering listeners with knowledge so we can all be powerful. Knowledge is power, so let's be powerful. So let's dive right in with a little EduFaith inspiration, a gift for a teacher. A special education teacher assistant was surprised with a free car. Nathan Catlin works at Mountain View Elementary School in North Phoenix. He was surprised with a free Toyota Avalon. He won the car at an annual giveaway that Jimmy and Nadine Alora provide to the community based on nominations. Caitlin was nominated a few times. Those close to Caitlin felt he deserved such a reward. Caitlin's mom said it's been difficult for him to get around without a car. He couldn't quite save enough money to get a reliable car that he could trust to get him to work and to school and to do everything he needs to do in his daily life. Regardless of the setback, Caitlin continued to work and has been working for the past five years, helping students with special needs and doing the hard work through the COVID-19 pandemic. He remained dedicated to his commitment to students and he never missed a day. So congratulations, Mr. Nathan Caitlin. You are so well-deserving. Thank you for all the hard work that you do with our students. And I hope you enjoy your Toyota Avalon. So let's move into some essential news. The U.S. Department of Education is improving access to early intervention services for infants and toddlers with disabilities. The White House management budget decided that they're going to emphasize the importance of early intervention services, EIS, for infants and toddlers with disabilities. OSEP also released the first resource guide and a series of resources to access high quality EIS services for infants and toddlers with disabilities. All guides are now available in English and Spanish. The Vision and Guiding Resources provides an overview of the initiative. The Outreach and Family Engagement Guides explains the need for outreach and family engagement in the child find process which locates and identifies and evaluates infants and toddlers who can benefit from early intervention services. If you want to learn more, that link will be on my Educate the Essentials podcast, along with all of the links on the YouTube page. So take a look at the YouTube Educate the Essentials podcast and you can explore those links to get that information. Now it's time for our Educate the Essential topic. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the special education process and I have been breaking down the special education process what is an IEP? What do services look like? And how parents, what parents can expect when they explore services? I've been providing essential tips for parents, educators, and leaders in the special education process. We're going to continue with the IEP process and an overview of special education. So first, before we begin, I want to make sure I provide an overview of Public Law 94-142, which is the law that started special education. 
Public Law 94-142. I talk about this on my Essential Tips for Students and Parents of Parents with Disabilities book on page 22. The law states that disabled children and adults aged 3 through 21 are educated in the least restrictive environment with non-disabled peers. I want to provide some foundational information, and I always want to focus and highlight the law that is associated with special education. Our topic for today is we're going to actually talk about an overview of special education, and we're going to talk about the different eligibilities in special education. Once a child is deemed eligible, they will qualify under various categories according to the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. To be eligible for special education services, the IEP team must determine that a child has one of the following categories or qualifies under one of the following categories. Speech, other health impaired, developmental delay, autism, emotional behavior disorder, deaf or hard of hearing, specific learning disabilities, language impairments, orthopedic impairments, mild or moderate intellectual disability, severe and profound disability, or traumatic brain injury. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to provide a brief overview of the eligibility categories under special education. And the first one I'm going to talk about in no specific order is autism. Autism is a developmental disability that affects verbal and nonverbal communication and social interaction. Autism is generally evident in the early ages of childhood and it adversely affects the child's educational performance. Also linked with autism, also related to autism, students may not have very good social cues. They may not like loud noises. They may do things such as repetitive tasks. They may have various fears or phobias. They may do self-soothing strategies such as flapping or rocking or things like that. Now, autism is a broad range of eligibility. So every child is different. So a child may exhibit those characteristics of autism different from a different child. Autism used to have a couple of categories. It needs to be autism spectrum disorder or Asperger's, but now it's all categorized under the eligibility category of autism. The next one I'm going to talk about is deaf and blindness. And it is a hearing and visual impairment which causes severe communication and developmental and education needs that cannot be accommodated in special education programs solely for children with deaf and blindness. So this is where a student might be deaf and blind at the same time. The first person I think of when I think of this is Helen Keller, who was a profound um, profound person and profound individual, and she did not let those disabilities stop her. She went on to do great things. All right, the next impairment I'm going to talk about is deafness, and that's a hearing impairment that is so severe that the child is impaired in processing that linguistic information through hearing with or without amplification. So we have a lot of amplification devices that children who might have mild hearing loss, and we can have those devices and it helps them hear. But if they cannot hear with those or without those amplification devices, then that adversely affects that child's educational performance, and that student may be classified under deaf. Intellectual disability, this disability is where a child may have significant sub-average general intellectual functioning. And this is existing concurrently with deficits and such things such as adaptive behavior, and it's manifested during the developmental period. So this diagnosis may be evident early, just like autism. And it at first adversely affects a child's educational performance. Multiple disabilities are multiple impairments, 
such as an intellectual disability and blindness or an intellectual disability and orthopedic impairment. So this is a combination of two disabilities. And this can cause such a severe educational or impact a child's severe education where they cannot be accommodated in the special education program solely for one of the impairments. So they may receive services for both impairments because they adversely impact that child's educational needs. Specific learning disability is a disability or disorder that involves one of the basic psychological processes and understanding the use of language, spoken or written, that may manifest itself in the imperfect ability to listen, speak, read, write, spell, or do mathematical calculations. Some conditions include perceptual disabilities, brain injury, minimal brain dysfunction, dyslexia, developmental aphasia. Some students might have dyscalculia, um, dysgraphia. So just different disorders that happen within the brain that affects a child's ability to learn. Orthopedic impairment is a severe orthopedic impairment that adversely affects a child's educational performance. So for instance, the child orthopedic means correction of the bones. So their bones and their muscles provide such an impairment where they may not be able to actively perform in the educational environment. So that child will be considered as having an orthopedic impairment. I do want to circle back with specific learning disability. That is the largest category under the U.S. Department of Education where students are served with disabilities. Specific learning disability is so broad. We have a lot of students and most of the population of students who qualify for special education services are served under specific learning disability. I wanted to make sure that I pointed that out. Other disorders include speech and language impairment, and that is a communication disorder such as stuttering, impaired articulation, so getting your words out, a language impairment where a student may not be able to to promote that expressive or receptive language or voice impairment that adversely affects a child's educational performance. A visual impairment means that students have some type of blindness or impairment in the vision that even with the correction, it adversely affects that child's education performance. So even with those supports, that students still need some supports because their education is impacted by their visual impairment. Traumatic brain injury is an injury to the brain caused by external force resulting in total or partial disability or social psychological impairment or both that adversely affects a child's educational performance. The next category I'm going to talk about is developmental delay. Developmental delay occurs when children in age, when children age three or nine experience developmental delays as defined by the state and as measured by appropriate diagnostic instruments and procedures in one or more of the following areas, physical development, cognitive development, communication development, social and emotional development, and adaptive development. A lot of those characteristics of developmental delay kind of aligns with the U.S. Department of Education story that I told you about, about early intervening services and finding those disability services for students at the early age. A lot of times students will qualify for a developmental delay when we're looking for services for a child at that age. So developmental delay and the early intervening services kind of aligned with each other. Next is a hearing impairment and hearing impairment, whether permanent or fluctuating, adversely is where the hearing adversely affects a child's educational performance, but is not included under the definition as deafness. So deafness is one thing. And I did say DHH, a deaf or hard of hearing, but sometimes a child just may have a hearing impairment or a child may be deaf, but both of them follow under the five senses of a hearing and hearing, how hearing adversely affects that child's educational performance. 
Emotional behavior disability or emotional behavior disorder means a child has a condition that exhibits one or more of the following characteristics over a long period of time that adversely affects a child's educational performance. One, it can be the inability to learn and it cannot be explained by intellectual, sensory, or health factors. It could be an inability to build and maintain satisfactory interpersonal relationships with peers and teachers. It could be an inappropriate types of behaviors or feelings under normal circumstances. It could be a general pervasive mood on unhappiness or depression or a tendency to develop physical symptoms such as fears associated with personal or school problems. So emotional behavior disorder or emotional behavior disturbances as the U.S. Department of Education it labels it is a disability that is a broad category that deals with the emotions of a child and when those emotions adversely affects that child's educational performance. Other health impairment means the child has limited strength, vitality, or alertness, including a heightened alertness to environmental stimuli that results in limited alertness concerning with the educational environment that is one due to chronic acute or health problems such as asthma attention deficit disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, diabetes, epilepsy, a heart condition, hemophilia, lead poisoning, leukemia, rheumatic fever, sickle cell, Tourette syndrome, and the list goes on. If any of those conditions adversely affects the child's educational performance, they may qualify under other health impairment. So that is a breakdown of the various eligibility categories I got that information. A lot of this information came from the U.S. Department of Education. And a lot of this information also came directly from my Essential Tips for Parents of Students with Disabilities book. And I covered that information in the chapter where I talk about the individual education plan. So I cover a lot of this information on pages 81, where I talk about the common acronyms, and then I give a breakdown of the specific disability. Moving right along, special essential tips for parents, educators, and leaders for today. For parents, I want you to research and ask about the special education services and programs. Ask about these eligibility categories if you see in some of these characteristics in your child, even if they're if they're young. You're the first teacher. You're the parent that sees them every single day, and you've known this child since the day they were born. So if you're concerned, look, you know, ask this. Ask, if you're concerned, ask the district questions about the programs and the services and the categories that I've talked to you about. You you can actually research these on your state website under special education. And those categories are maybe they may the verbiage may be a little bit different, but it gives you just a breakdown of those eligibility categories. If you are seeking special education services, find out and ask questions about the evaluation process. If you're seeking services for your child with a disability, and you could ask what do those tests measure and how will those services help my child? For educators, I want you guys to actively foster inclusion in your classroom. I say this all the time, but I, I see this a lot. You have to make sure that we make room for all of our students and make concessions and accommodate all of our students. If you're unclear or you lack the knowledge, it's okay. Ask questions about the eligibilities. Research strategies and information to include all of your students in the classroom and address their deficits and their disabilities in your classroom. For my leaders, I'd like to encourage you to know the population and the eligibilities in your building and provide that collaborative learning opportunities for educators and parents. So if there's a need for education in your building, 
to provide those resources and education about these eligibilities in your building and work to set up those professional developments to help support your teachers using leverage, leverage your resources to support all stakeholders. And then I'm going to tell you also, you need to read the Essential Tips for Special Education Leader book, because even though you might not be a leader of a special education, if you're a global school principal or if you're an assistant principal or leader in any type of entity, this book is a great resource that will give you some great foundations for you to move on and lead teams. I'm going to read from chapter five, which is knowledge is power. And I cover a lot of information in chapter five. In chapter five, I cover a lot of information that you that just relates to students with disabilities. Here we go. The famous quote, knowledge is power, takes on many meanings in life. As a parent, you must empower yourself with essential knowledge about your child's disability, learning styles, social, emotional, health, and behaviors. The journey of parenting a child with a disability can often be confusing and frustrating. When I was going through my journey with my son, I became defensive towards teachers. It constantly gave updates and information that sounded dire and like my child was the worst child in the class. In my heart, I knew he was not, but my lack of knowledge made me defensive where I put up a wall and dreaded hearing about all their perceptions and problems about my son. I felt uninformed and inadequate and I was an educator. I was a fourth year educator teaching in a general education class, so my knowledge of students with disabilities was minimal. Once I began to research and learn more about their recommendations and gain knowledge, I still didn't like what they were saying, but I didn't feel intimidated by my fellow educators and co-workers when working with and teaching my child. So in that chapter, I provide some essential information and some acronyms and just some background data to help empower you. And that is from chapter five of my essential tips for special education. Those are essential tips for parents of students with disabilities. So now it's time for my essential advice. And if you want any type of advice about your child who has a disability, if you're an educator, you want some advice about an experience that you're having, or if you're a school leader, please feel free, or a community member, please feel free to email me at edufaithforall at gmail.com. That's E-D-U-F-A-I-T-H, the number four, A-L-L at gmail.com. So just feel free to email me. I want to use this platform to support you and provide support and optimal services for our students with disabilities and our diverse learners, because that's why this platform is here. So our word of wisdom for today, what seems to us as bitter trials are often blessings in disguise. And that's from Oscar Wilde. So I want to leave that quote with you for today. If you're in need of services, Educate Education, services is my consulting business. Please feel free to email me, check out my site at www.edufaithconsulting.com. And if you go to Educate Essentials, you can check out and access my link to my website there as well. Educate Essentials and Educate Educational Services provide information about consulting for parents, leaders, and educators, districts, college accommodations, and advocacy, including consulting and training for university, parent education trainings, college and career coaching, business and professional development for diverse learners. And I specialize with students with disabilities, including interventions, ESOL, English Speakers of Other Language, Educational Leadership, Program Development. If you need a program design, my services cover that. And then also coach leaders and educators. So I'm just that diverse learner, just provide all those supports to make, restore faith and education one student at a time. As always, thank you for listening. And please feel free to like and follow me on Edufaith Essentials on Facebook, Edufaith 2021 on Instagram, or Edufaith S on Twitter, and Edufaith Essentials on YouTube. Please continue to listen on all podcast platforms. And to everyone, be kind, be well, and be the change.